to the Mindful Being podcast with Mariah Catalan, and today I have Laura Eck on. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. Um, I loved having it. It was so nice to connect with somebody that was so like-minded, and um, she's really just a genuinely kind soul, and it was just really really a beautiful connection for me and I hope she felt the same. Laura is a board certified well-being coach with a focus on self-discovery. She's a yoga teacher and an RN. She's a mom of two kids and outside of all of those labels she likes to find passion in connecting with others and to herself. Her work as a self-discovery coach is all about bringing a loving awareness to who you are outside of the labels and expectations, and creating a life that is aligned with your personal authenticity. So I think some of that will definitely come out throughout our conversation, as you will see, and I'm just really excited to share it with you. Side note, if I sound a little funny, I did get all four of my wisdom teeth out this week, so I'm still working on the talking part, (laughs) so apologies for that. I'm sure I will update you about this whole process, but for now, let's jump into the episode with Laura Eck. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Being podcast. Today, I have Laura on. Hi, Laura. How are you? I am doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to have you. Um, on Instagram, you are mindful mama. Um, so everybody should go check her out there. Mindful underscore mama. Yeah. Two underscores. Two underscores. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, do you mind telling us your story? How did you find mindfulness and what got you going on this whole journey? Yeah, absolutely, man. So about 10 years ago, which is crazy to even say that it's been that long, but it has, there has surpassed and years has surpassed. I was in nursing school and it was my last year of nursing school. And it was very rigorous. It was, um, so hard to get into that. I was so glad that it was ending, but I started to notice that I had this gut feeling in my stomach. Like, I don't think this is for you anymore. And that's what it was saying. And I knew it, but I ignored it. And I ignored it because I was so close to being done and I had worked so hard to get to that point. And so I graduated nursing school. I got my first job. I got married that year. A lot of big things happened that it was really easy to ignore because I was so busy, not not slowing down, not being present at all. Um, But then I started to get these physical symptoms you know, of typically from stress is what the doctors were saying. And they were diagnosing me with IBS and IC, which is interstitial cystitis with acid reflux, you know, anxiety, all sorts of things that I had never suffered with before. And that now that I know was kind of my, my self's way of saying, pay attention. You need to slow down. There's no other choice now. And at that point I said, okay, like I just need to change my lifestyle. I got into yoga. I dipped my toe into meditation and I started just that self-discovery work. I started just really prioritizing joy in my life and traveling more, but I still hadn't changed my career at that point. 
And that was the one piece that I was missing that just was not in alignment. And once I finally did that, it was like this relief, just this relief and this knowing that I, I trusted myself and I followed through. But then it was terrifying because I had to tell everybody <laughs> what I did. And it, you know, it was really hard because not a lot of people understood why I made that choice. And my, I myself didn't really know what I was going to do next. That was the question. What are you going to do next? And my husband really gave me the support to just explore that. So I had at this point only been doing yoga, like in my living room, watching a DVD. And so I then took this beginner series called Yoga 101 and um, learning all these postures and I was in child's pose and the instructor said, if there was anything you could do in your life with expectations and money not being an issue, what would you do? And I just had this moment where I'm just crying in child's pose <laughs> where I said, I want to be doing what you're doing asking these questions, these deep questions that have these meaningful, real, vulnerable answers. And that was a point where I said, if I want to do that, then I need to ask myself these questions. And I started to dive into mindfulness and self-discovery and self-compassion. And for the last seven years, I've really dedicated not only myself and my personal development to this, but in my career. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting how it, things were showing up in your own, your body. Um, I had a similar experience mm. that before I started yoga, um, I was having a lot of anxiety, but I didn't quite know what it was at that time because I, when you're so disconnected from your body, you don't necessarily recognize that like, oh, I'm feeling anxious right now, you know? And so, and that's why I'm having all these other symptoms and stuff. Um, but I ended up like, I was, I kind of labeled myself as like a fainter. I would just faint a lot. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And so I kind of just like, oh, it's just me. Like stay in a hot tub too long. I would faint or, you know, like I broke my arm. So pain like hurt a lot. Then I just fainted, you know, like I just, you know, I kind of just, thought that's the sort of person that I was. Um, and then since I've found yoga mindfulness and have worked to help regulate, kind of get my cortisol levels down and all of that, I, you know, knock on wood, but I haven't fainted in like four years. So it's pretty crazy to see the impacts that happen from these practices, like actually physically changing your, your life. Absolutely. And it's so important to share, like you said, to bring awareness to that. This doesn't have to be your identity. Maybe there's something else there. If you slow down and pay attention and start to make those changes, see if that goes away. See if that could be linked to something, you know, that's not you per se, but to something else in your life causing you that stress and anxiety. So you mentioned um, in child's pose, you know, that's kind of when you had your a little bit of an aha moment that like you found what you wanted to do. So how did you start your journey to start to help others? Like what, what process did you take and, and how did you get there? Yeah, a good old child's pose. It's, it's great for epiphanies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, 
that was really hard for me because in the beginning, I was searching so hard for something else to do because I had this identity for so long of I'm a nurse and that felt like an identity. So when I let that go, there was a lot of guilt around that and a little bit of shame too. Like, why wouldn't I want to be a nurse? Like, it's such a selfless position. All of my friends are nurses. I love nurses. So I really had to work through that. And I found that I was trying to embody all these different things because I just felt so drawn to everything, very multi-passionate. I wanted to do yoga. I wanted to do coaching. I thought personal training was cool, nutrition, just everything. So I had to really hone in and say, okay, one thing first. And I started with yoga. I'm so glad I did. That really got me connected to my body. It showed me that mind-body connection. And it really built the foundation for what I do now. And so then I got into coaching and I got my certification, certification as a health and wellness coach. And at the time, I didn't know anybody that was doing this. I personally. So whenever I would tell people about what I was doing, like the coaching, what? You're talking to people about what? And it was really, it was difficult to explain. Now it's much easier. It's way more prevalent, but, but then it was hard. What I noticed though, is when I finally took ownership of what I wanted to do and said, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm dedicated to. It's like all of a sudden these people came into my life to guide me in doing so. So I just met this woman from who just moved here from out of town then who was a coach and she really mentored me. I found a, a yoga studio I loved and met a lot of my friends there and, and they really mentored me in that area. I started just meeting people that had these little fragment, you know, were expanding me in these ways that I just needed to get to the next step. Yeah, and so I started doing yoga, I started doing coaching and for a really long time, those were separate. Did a little bit of yoga, did a little bit of coaching. And then finally, when I said, I wanna do my own thing, and I want to kind of break the rules and make my own rules. I created what I do now, which is self-discovery yoga. And it's self-awareness, self-discovery, self-compassion plus yoga. Beautiful. I love, I love the combining, you know, because I think a lot of times when we practice yoga, that's one of the reasons that I started this podcast was because, um, well, a lot of times we'll have our practices and we just do them on the mat. And then it's like, okay, I did my yoga today, so I'm good, you know, like check that box. And, and then you kind of move on. Um, but we're trying to be a little bit more integrative with this stuff. Right. And so finding the, those ways of self-discovery can help you off of your mat as well. So it's not just only in those moments when you're, you know, deep in your breath and your movement you know, and like, then you have your, your inspiration and then you kind of leave and, and it stays there, but just bringing it with you. So that, yeah, I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. And yoga is about bringing the unconscious to the conscious and it, yeah, it's so much more than just moving your body. And I think anyone that starts to really practice it gets, gets that. I mean, maybe they get into it first because they're like, I want to be more flexible or, you know, I heard that this really helps with stress. And I love when people come in, come into it and let themselves be the beginner. And then they leave thinking, wow, that felt like so much more than just a workout. Right. 
Absolutely. Um, so for your own practice, what are your favorite mindfulness techniques and, and what are like, what does that look like in your life? Because especially as you're supporting other people, um, I know that it's really important to have your own practices so that you, you know, fill your cup so you can help others. Yeah, that is such a good point. When you're in those service positions and you're always, you know, giving or you're really holding space for other people, it's so important to prioritize holding that space for yourself, giving yourself that time. And then, you know, that was, that's been a work in progress for me over the years, especially when I became a mom, what worked for me before then didn't work for me then. And I've really had to modify and adapt. And sometimes it's just 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day. And sometimes it's two hours, but something every single day is a non-negotiable for me with intention. Like this is just for me. This is for my joy. This is for me to relax and to, to be in my authenticity, to be myself outside of all of the labels and responsibilities that I hold. So my favorite practices um, are ones I teach. So like mindful self-compassion, yoga, breath work, but my all-time favorite right now is dance. And what I love so much about dance is, especially when you're doing it with nobody around, <laughs> you just like release your inhibitions, you let down your guard, you can really tune into your body. It's such a moment to just bring awareness to, you know, how it feels to move in your body and it helps you feel open and connected and expanded. And I just find so much fun in it. It brings me to the present and makes me feel like a kid again. Yeah, I love that. It's that there is something about like dancing in your room, you know, <laughs> and that is so childlike and pure um, and like freeing and all of it. Yeah, that's I sometimes I forget like. I, one of these episodes I did was my like toolbox of mindfulness stuff that I do. And, um, dance is definitely one of the things. And I sometimes just like forget about it. So thanks for the reminder. Cause it is, it is such a great one, you know, just pick a song that just really like inspires you and just kind of go and just go. The, yeah. The letting loose in that. And then also you're still connected to your body. You're, you're moving the way that you feel like intuitively would be fun, honestly, you know, and it's, I think we lose a lot of that playfulness and, and fun as we get more serious adults and, you know, in, in professional fields too, like you might want to present yourself as this, like, oh, I'm a professional. So I behave in this certain way. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just remembering that, like, don't take yourself too seriously either. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Yes, absolutely. And I think you bring up another good point. Like, oh yeah, you forgot. Like, yeah, dance is one of those things. There's so many things that we do throughout our day that if we just gave it intention, it would be practicing mindfulness. It would be a form of self-care. Like when I'm washing the dishes in the sink and I look out my window and we have like a bird feeder and I see the birds and I just love it so much that I could easily just count that as, oh, I'm just doing a chore. But the intention is like, this is time for me to just like immerse myself in nature and just watch something for the fun of it. Then it becomes like, oh, I did something also for me during this time. Yeah. The intention really helps, especially when you're busy. Yeah. You, like you don't have the time. 
Um, speaking of being busy, um, would you like to share a little bit about how you maintain mindfulness with a child in your life? Um, you know, you mentioned that you, you are flexible with the amount of time that you're spending. So, you know, some days it might not be as much time, but also like, are there things that you do with your child? Are there things that have helped you like regulate yourself so that you can help regulate your child, all that stuff? Oh, wow. Yes. I have learned so much. I I do believe that children are the greatest teachers and that they are really mirrors to us of here's what you need to work on. (laughs) Here's what you need to know. And they, they always, they also teach us that when we're thinking about how do I want to raise my child, we really have to embody that because kids learn by seeing kind of emulating what you're doing that role role modeling that and so that's that's helped me a lot so I have two kids and a five-year-old and a two-year-old so it's like (laughs) crazy in my house it's crazy but one of the biggest things that we do together is identifying feelings so obviously there's a lot of emotions going on you know in our house and there's so many feelings. And as kids, I think, I feel like they feel so big and all encompassing. So one thing I've been doing with my son is just teaching him different ways to express that. And also teaching him that we are more than our feelings. So it's not that you are a mad person, but you're feeling mad right now. And one way I explain that is like a cloud in the sky It's there and you can see it, but it'll drift away and something else will come in its place. It'll move eventually. So you're not always going to be right here, but you can kind of pause and validate where you're at. Let yourself know it's okay, but don't become attached to it. And I think that's where like the coping skills comes in, right? Like the mindfulness techniques of placing just like a hand on your heart and feeling your heart beating, taking a breath, just pausing and giving someone a hug or talking to someone, just bringing yourself back to the present. And that's stuff that I do with them. But honestly, I had to teach myself how to do that first. And so it's, it's letting them see me be reactive and then letting them also see me how to move through that. I say, sorry, a lot. Like, I'm so sorry. I said that I didn't mean that. Like, here's what I'm going to try to do better next time. Or I just think it's so important to show them what it is to be a human and then it's normal to go through that process. And yeah, and so I think that for me, it's making sure that I give myself the time to practice self-care so that I can show up to them as myself and as a better mom, because I'm then not looking for them to meet my needs. I'm not looking for them to make me happy. I'm doing that on my own so that I can show up more present to them. And that's really, really important to me. That sounds really hard to do, to remember. Um, I think like just as an example, my mom definitely was the like self-sacrificing area, right? So I'm having to unlearn a lot of things because the way that I was taught was like, put everyone else first and you might come later or you might not come at all. 
you know, um, but at least you helped care for everyone else, right? And everyone else is supported and taken care of. So um, that is kind of a mindset shift that I have, I've been working on. I don't have children yet, but um, I am a preschool teacher. So I, I work with um, two and three-year-olds right now, but two, two to five-year-olds. Um, so I understand a lot, a lot about the emotions that you're, you're going through with your children. And, um, yeah, it's definitely something that I think we just need to talk about more so that everyone can be continually reminded of that idea that we need to be able to take care of ourselves and not only just so that you can show up in the present and be a good mom and, you know, all of that stuff, but also for your children to see an example so that they can become the kind of people that take care of themselves, you know, and put that time in because how important is that, you know, that they learn, you know, you're also modeling as you're showing, okay, I was a human today. I'm sorry that I showed up like this, that these are, I was having some feelings, um, but I'm sorry. And this is how I plan to change it. Right. That's you're modeling to them also how to apologize and how to connect after having disagreements or, you know, it's just all of this stuff is super, super important for them to watch and learn from, as well as for your own experience. Yeah, you said that so beautifully. And I think it's important to how you mentioned that even though you don't have children, you're still trying to unlearn this behavior. And, you know, I think just in general, as women, we are nurturers and we're really taught to use that, but outside of ourselves, like use that for somebody else, use that out in the world. And that is a wonderful gift that we've been blessed with, but we need to learn how to use that internally too. Like how do we nurture ourselves and how do we give ourselves time to be nurtured and just be doing the things that we find joy in so that we can participate in someone else's joy too you know like it can get really hard when you don't give yourself the time I noticed with me before I gave myself boundaries on time I used to get really resentful of my husband he was he was like I'm gonna go to the gym you know and and run and I'm like okay and then I would be so mad like oh I didn't get any time today but I never asked for it I never said I needed it and honestly because I didn't even know what I would do if I had five minutes to myself So it really took a lot of just trying things out. What do I even like? What do I want to do? And how can I start to ask for it? And why is it important to me? All of those things really set you up to create those rituals for yourself. I love that you mentioned that you didn't even know what you would do at that time. And because I can relate to that really strongly. I am always filling my time. Like even this morning, I'm recording this early in the morning and then I have a staff meeting later. And, you know, it just, this is how I like to run my life is just to be busy all the time. And it's something that I'm, I'm working on to start to have that time that's for rest and recovery and, um, rejuvenation and all of that, because it's, for me, I like to be busy all the time. And I often have that feeling of like, I don't know what to do if I have five minutes to not do anything. Um, So I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to is just having that like, okay, well, if I were to have time to myself, like, 
what would I, it feels a little daunting. Like, what do you start doing? And, and what, I don't know, me, myself, I'm like, okay, I've got to be efficient. Right. So I've got to find the thing in those five minutes. That's going to make me feel the best, you know, like just everything. And it's like, then it's like, oh, well, what if I pick the wrong thing? Right. So it it becomes very unrestful for, for that time. So just thanks for sharing that, because I think that's something that that we all can relate to. And as we get deeper into these practices, start to stay in touch with ourselves a little bit more. I think that's where we can start to be a little more intuitive and know like today, this is what I need. You know, tomorrow might look different, but today this is what I need is some breath work or today I need some movement or a dance party or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so throughout your practices or just daily life, have you had any epiphanies or aha moments and, um, what brought that on if you have? Well, I've had about a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like all these like little ones are like, Whoa, the biggest one lately that I've had is around purpose. So for me, I think for years I struggled or what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Why am I here? And I really had a hard time understanding that, you know, I really loved what I, what I'm doing, but I felt like there was something else and I was trying to control or force myself in figuring that out. And what it ended up happening is I came to the realization of my purpose has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It has everything to do with who I mean. And that wow. was a big one for me. Yeah. Can you just say that again? That sounds, yes. Yeah. My purpose has nothing to do with what I'm doing, but everything to do with who I am being. Yeah. And what that means to me is when I know myself and love myself, when I can understand who I am right now, right? Cause that can change. That can change as we evolve and grow, but who I am right now, what my gifts are, what my strengths are, what my challenges are when I can really understand that person and I can live in alignment with her. Like you said, I can meet my needs. I'm, I'm stating my wants. I'm exploring my desires. Then my life can't help but be purposeful because I am following my authenticity. So now it doesn't even matter what job I'm doing, because if I show up to that job as myself and my authenticity doing all these things, it can't help but be purposeful. It can't help but be impactful. And that's really changed my life in so many ways. It's helped me be more present and enjoy where I'm at and to trust that where I'm going, as long as I stay true to myself is the right path for me. So that has been really, really huge. And I think so many of us can relate to that, that question of, or wanting to find that answer of like, what is my purpose? And what if we just change our perspective on that? I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. I love the, the perspective shift. I think that's something that has been coming up for me a lot is shifting perspective that a lot of times we're looking for answers to questions in life and there's not necessarily an answer, but sometimes we're asking the question in the, I guess, wrong way. Or, you know, if we ask a different question, we might find what we're looking for. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, so do you have any mindfulness advice for listeners who, you know, those days when maybe your kids are sick or like, you know, like whatever's going on, you know, your life is just so busy. Um, like what is something, maybe a, a practice that you practice for those crazy days or, um, just some advice for listeners when they're having those tough times. Mm, I love that question. I hear that over being a coach for the past seven years and coaching so many moms, parents, even people who just have a lot on their plate, that's always the question. Where do I find the time? And like, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. And my number one thing is let it be easy. Let it be ease and let it be easy. Let it be your flow. Meaning it's not gonna look like what the person next to you is doing. That's okay. If you need to meet yourself where you're at with what you've got. I think the, our society kind of teaches us as we grow and in order to be a worthy human being, you need to be productive and you need to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And you need to go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And we get that into our heads, but your worth again has nothing to do with what you're doing and everything to do just with you existing with you being. And when we start to realize that, then we can make it more easy we can start to meet our needs in real time. What, what do I need today? If I know I have a really busy day, then I know what I need is to let it be what it's going to be, not set any expectations around it because that's just going to make me feel bad when I don't meet them. But instead, find those moments where I can pause. So if it's taking a five minute walk, that's what I'll do. If that's looking out my window and watching the birds, that's what I do. I have intention behind it. You know, identify your why. Why is it so important to you to take the time for you? So I think so many of us know, yeah, it's important to take care of yourself. It's important to have self-care, but it needs to go beyond just the knowing. It needs to feel intentional. We have to know why. Why am I doing this? You know, and then once we can identify why, you know, I'm doing this so that I can, I can feel, let's say you want to exercise, but it feels like pain to do it. You know, there's so many barriers in the way, but that's something that you really want to do for yourself. You have to go beyond. I just want to exercise to fit into my swimsuit has to go beyond that. And to be able to say, my why is I want to feel strong in my body. I want to connect to my body because when I do, I feel more confident. I can get on the floor and run around with my kids. I can run that marathon. I've always been dreaming of. You would never hear me say that, but I'm just giving, an example. <laughs> <laughs> giving an example and give yourself grace. And so importantly, give yourself compassion, self-compassion. You, here's an exercise I do. I'm just going to throw this in here that I learned from Dr. Kristen Neff who is like the guru in mindful self-compassion. And she says, self-compassion is treating yourself like you would a good friend. So there's, there's two exercises you can do here. Whenever you find yourself in that, you know, hamster wheel of criticizing or judging yourself, or I did it wrong again, or I, I failed today. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I would just imagine that your best friend is saying that same thing to you. Like, I failed today. I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it. I feel like a failure. This is too hard. Like I'm never going to be able to take time for myself. What would you tell her or him? You would never say like, yeah, you're a failure. Forget it. Don't do that again. 
you would say, keep going. You're worth it. You know, you, you are worthy of your time. The time that you give so freely to other, to others, you are worthy of too. Then I'd take it a step further. And if you have children and one example is like, when we get down on ourselves for our appearance, maybe like we're, we're not where we want to be. We're not, we don't look the way we want to look. Imagine that. And for me, I imagine my daughter looking in the mirror and saying the same exact thing. And it breaks my heart. I would never want to hear her say those things about herself. So I imagine what would I want her to know about herself? And then I see if I can give myself that same kindness that she deserves. And I know I deserve too. That's, that's great. I think I've heard the best friend one before, um, but I hadn't heard the child one. And that one, like, I think it touches something almost deeper because you just can't imagine, you know, your little one think talking to themselves that way and thinking that about themselves. So yeah, I think those are some really good tips. Um, and I love also that you mentioned not having those expectations, because I think often, we come into our day being like, I need to meditate for 30 minutes and I need to do one hour of yoga. And then you just know that there's not enough time for that in the day. And then you have expectations that you know, you're never going to meet. So I love letting, letting go of those. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. And expectations say, this is what it should be. Right. But mindfulness says, this is what it is. And I'd much rather live in the, this is what it is, <laughs> but this is what it should be. Yeah. Seems more, more fun over there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, before we close, I would like um, to just ask what you're doing with your platform. If there's anything you'd like to share about there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm having so much fun on social media right now when I just let go of the expectations uh -huh. and decided that this was a place for me to just kind of share my truth. So on my you know, Instagram, especially, I just am all things self-discovery, getting to know yourself, getting to love yourself. And then how do you create aligned action after, you know, after the fact, and how do you really start to show that in your daily life through your routines and your interactions and your relationships? So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I also do my series I run twice a year called Self-Discovery Yoga. It's a four-week series. And again, it's just like getting to know yourself in a way where you can create that aligned action, getting to connect with your body. And then we take it a step further to getting to know other women who are doing the same thing. So really having that sisterhood feel. I think as women, we're taught to like compare and compete against each other. And that doesn't feel right to me. I want to connect and have compassion for each other. So I kind of created this series with that in mind, like let's all share our stories and see how relatable we are. Let's use the nurturing for each other, not against each other anymore. And I am loving it. It has been so fun. So my, my next one's happening, or my one is happening right now, but my next one won't happen until probably end of September, early October. Hey, that sounds so beautiful. I love that intention as using those, that nurturing for each other and that compassion for each other. So, um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, everyone should definitely go check your Instagram out. I know I've had a lot of smiles and, and, you know, uplifts from watching your videos and everything. So, um, again, that's mindful to underscores mama and yeah, we'll, keep up with you on there. 
Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time, your energy, and um, all of your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.